What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome in, Titus. Welcome in, Rick. Mama Gash. Sound quality a little better today for you? Sounds a lot louder. Yeah. Oh, a lot I, clearer, louder. Yeah. I adjusted the microphone, so, I mean, I've got everything all lined up. I think there's something that you and I need to talk about, my friend. All right. You're coming out of the closet? No. Oh. But, but speaking of queens, Queen Elizabeth just came out of the hospital. So, Queen Elizabeth... She is the Queen of England, as we know, lives at Windsor Castle. Her birthday was the 20th of April, 1926. So that means she is how old, Titus? I wouldn't know. 1920, or, okay, so 1926, it's 2021, so minus five. She's 95 years old. Yeah, because I just said she was like, what, you said but she I, was, I didn't know. I thought she was like 80 or something. But yeah. She's, she's 90-something. She's 95. So what was she in the hospital for? Um, it's undisclosed as of this podcast. We'll find out later. But she just returned home uh, about a half hour ago. So there may be breaking news while we're doing our podcast. The queen well, may may pass. No, there's probably already been news. Well, it's probably breaking news right now. Okay. Now, Queen Elizabeth II, and she's married to Prince Philip. Now, when she passes, it will be Charles, Prince of Wales, and in line, if Charles were to die, then it goes to William, and then from William to his son, George. So, let's say that George were to pass away, then it would go to Lors, and I believe right now, if Lors and George were to die in a horrible car accident with their father, then it would go to Harry. Kings and queens. If the queen dies, can the king remarry? If the king dies, can the queen remarry? The king can remarry. The queen can remarry, but when the queen remarries, it doesn't mean that that man becomes king. So you can't take a kingship from a queen. I'd rather be a king because Kenny is a big fan of Prince. (laughs) (laughs) And I in no way, shape, or form want to be associated with his fandom. And you talk about me, like, picking up on things from words that you say. You, you, that was pretty random as well. Purple rain. Purple rain. Purple rain. Purple rain. Okay, you know, that Prince, the musician, who changed his name from Prince to a symbol. Yeah. And then back to Prince. Yeah. When he realized that it, the symbol wasn't marketable. Yeah, and it wasn't going to work for him. It it didn't work at all. Because then he was just called the singer formerly known as Prince. Prince. Yes. And 
that wasn't what he was going for. He wanted to have this androgynous symbol to be his name. That doesn't sound good. Androgynous symbol coming up next. Why do you think people who are already celebrities try to make themselves even bigger when they don't have to? And it's like, when you look at publicity stunts, one of the things that I look at when I look at that that symbol is, now when you look at great artists that has done great music, and then couple years goes by and they sing the same song and they try to add more to it and it's like it's already a great song why would you add more to it or like get like can you give me an example it's kind of hard for me to give an example because okay it's like if it's hard for you to give an example then how how would i so easily be able to give you an answer it's like the star spangled banner when somebody does the Star Spangled Banner and they get to the end and they're like, and they get to the end of the song, they're like, that's good. That's beautiful. Star Spangled Banner. But they keep going on and on. Or like in the middle of it. Um, I don't know. Sing the Star Spangled Banner. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light? Now, how far, how hard is that? How far, how hard is it to say, oh, say can you see? And then you got somebody else there, oh, say can you see? You know, it just blows it away. It's like I'm done with that song. It's called riffing. They're just riffing. Yeah. So if that's what they're it's giving called, it their flair, their their that, musical interpretation, their flair needs to be singled out. If it's a number one hit, if it's a classic song of all time, okay, that's leave not, your flair out of it. Okay, but Star Spangled Banner is not in any way, shape, or form. Go ahead, just do it. What? Make your noise. Okay. But it is in no way, shape, or form a classic in the sense that you said it's a hit. It was never a hit. I'm not saying it was, but what I'm saying is when a song is sang a particular way, I'm saying in in, in aspects of other songs, you got a number one hit, leave it that way. So you're saying that people should leave the Star Spangled Banner as Francis Scott Key originally wrote it? Yep, why not? I'm not challenging you. I'm just that's what your that's what your interpretation is. You shouldn't put like a Mariah Carey shouldn't put her own t- twist to it. No, I'm saying you can. Like, okay, here's the thing: when Whitney Houston sung the Star Spangled Banner in the Same. Super Bowl, she did a, an amazing job. Now, if that was so amazing, it couldn't get any better, right? Because if you try to make it better, now you're becoming a perfectionist, and sometimes being a perfectionist—I can't say perfectionist is a weakness. Because I think that sometimes when people get something that's spot on and it's beautiful, then later on they're thinking, "How can I make this better?" You can't make it any better. Leave it the way it was. Prince coming out was Prince. Leave it the way it was. Don't go into a symbol because now you're just getting weird. Okay, but the Star Spangled Banner, in my opinion, is better as a musical composition by Jimi Hendrix than it was sung by a singer. You know, you have classic renditions of it that will live forever. Whitney Houston is definitely a lot of things. Whitney Houston's version of Star Spangled Banner was amazing, but so was Roseanne Barr's. There's never been anything like it. But here's what I'm saying. I'm not really saying about the songs. I'm saying about the artist. I think that a lot of times artists will get something so 
so great and then they try to be a perfectionist not realizing the song they just sing is perfection and then they'll try to switch it around a little bit and it's like it just it doesn't work for me okay so one of the things we were talking about is we wanted to redirect our podcast we want to go a new effort so we're coming up on the fourth year we want to change our direction and we want to explain things so this would be a good opportunity to explain the Star Spangled Banner, don't you think? Why not? I don't know if you're looking at me to say something. I'm just, like, agreeing with you right now. Oh, well, you don't have to. <laughs> that train sounds awesome. Yeah, I was waiting for it to go by. No, it'll probably beep again because you got the next uh, exit. Just always down the road. Now, the lyrics to the Star Spangled Banner actually came from a poem called The Defense of Fort McHenry. And that was written in September 14th, 1814. So in your head, you're probably thinking the Star Spangled Banner was here in 1776 when the country was first founded. But it actually came uh, years later, 1814. So basically after the war. Yeah, so about 40 years after the country was founded, then we got our national anthem. But it made sense, though. Yeah, and it was... Actually uh, performed because of the Battle of 1812. Me, or how's that song go? 1814, took a little trip. Me and Mr. Jackson down the mountain Mississippi. Do you know that song? Yeah, but I don't think you got it right. Okay. You're close. So what is it? Are you talking about um, took a little trip? Is that the one where like they drill for oil or something? Fired our guns and the British kept coming. I don't know. Oh. And the bumblebees kept humming. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Nobody knows what it means because we're talking about Star Spangled Banner, oil, and honey now because now we've got honeybees involved. Now, the lyrics were written by Francis Scott Key, but a lot of people don't realize that John Stafford Smith actually wrote the music. So the the stuff that Jimi Hendrix did where he goes, now, 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 that was actually not Francis Scott Key. He just wrote the lyrics for the song. That was actually John Stafford Smith. And it's a classic. You're correct. It's a classic. But it was never a hit. You know, first off, it preceded Marconi in the radio. Well, as far as I'm concerned, if it's a classic, it's a hit. Because everybody loves it. Um, Everybody in America loves it. If you were British at the time, you probably weren't real hit on... uh, the new the new colonies those uppity Americans with their their Star Spangled Banner. So let's define what is the difference between a hit and a classic. A hit is something that was popular or a pop song at one time that ch- was on a chart that said it was popular at that one time, but a classic is a song that carries on forever. So a good a good example of that in the world of books because i'm a book guy is the da vinci code it was a hit book it was a great book they made a movie from it wonderful book right but robinson crusoe or swiss family robinson those would be considered classics so basically what you're saying although although swiss family robinson was a hit book at the time. So, with Randy Robinson? Swiss Family Robinson. Swiss Family Robinson. So, basically, the analogy that I'm getting out of this whole perspective 
is that me and you are not going to be sitting in my basement sculpting clay that could be possibly made into, um, I don't know what you want to call it, listening to on-chain melodies. That's not going to happen. So, okay, so the Righteous Brothers, mm-hmm. they have classics, but they were also That's hits. That's exactly what I'm saying. They were classics and hits both. Yeah, but you can have a song that's both a classic and a hit. Um, a good example of that would be the Beatles. They have songs that are classics, and they were hits at the same time. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. When you listen to the Righteous Brothers sing Unchained Melodies, do you think there's any way that they could do it any better than what they did? No, it's a, it's a perfect song for what it is. Yeah, so leave it alone. That's what I'm saying. Some things are better left alone. When you got something great, don't overshoot it. But hold on, one, one more thing. When you listen to Unchained Melodies, when you get it on your phone, you go to YouTube, and you actually watch the video, and you listen to it, you can actually hear really closely, like right at the end, when one of the mics, you can tell that it gets too close. Because you know, like, some when you get the mic too close to what it is at the amp, it makes that sound yeah it's called backfeed yeah you can hear backfeed in that in the old one okay is you seem really excited that you found that no i was just like you do you seem like, really excited you I found like, backfeed but here's the thing so I was, a perfect, I was like, you I was found like, the flaw in a perfect song yeah i found a flaw in a perfect song but then it's like really not a flaw because that brings you back to that time because in today's era that would never happen would it not no now they actually in incorporate backfeed as a part of the music Mm -hmm. that's what i'm saying so that flaw dates back i didn't live back then but when i heard that flaw it kind of made me reminisce in what would probably be if i was back in that day like if i was out dancing it it made you picture you playing with clay with patrick swayze having his arms around you exactly and nobody can ever really picture that When I was listening to it, and I heard that flaw... Lots of women pictured it when that movie came out. (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) I'm married to one. When I I listened to that, I was like, that actually, to me, makes that more cool. So it's the imperfections that you like. It's the imperfection. I don't have my phone on me. I I could play it because I know exactly where it's at in the the thing. No, that's okay. No, because I I can literally play it, and you can hear it, and then just... No, no, that's okay. I totally... I take your word for it. Yeah. It's, you see, you that, couldn't that's probably... That's listener homework there. You, prob- they can- you probably couldn't find it. And the reason I'm saying now, now you know when they're singing, they're, they're walking towards a little, like, I don't know, like a rectangle, not really rectangle, but like a little step stage. And then they get closer and they, they stop and then they step up one step and then they do a little bit more closer. But right as they're walking towards that stage, you're like, just for a second. And to me, that makes that song even more of a classic. Okay. So let's move on to our next segment. What did we buy this week? Tell me, Titus, what did you buy this week? A knife. And the reason why I bought it is because you bought me that other knife. And that knife is actually a really, really cool knife. The one that I bought you? Yeah. Yeah, it is a great knife. That's, so, I carry it whenever I go in the woods. So, I got mine with me, and I carry it when I go in the woods too. But, I have it on my side, just in case I have to go in ninja mode. Oh. So, what I did is I actually bought a smaller knife 
so when I walk through the woods, I can just... Are you talking about the folder that has the same color pattern? The folder? The folder, folding knife. It's a a fold-out knife. Yeah, I bought a little fold-out knife for cutting mushrooms. Yeah, it's called a folder. When they when they click open with your thumb like that, that's a folder. Yeah, I like those knives. Yeah, they're they're addicting because you just keep like flipping them out. Because the knife I got you was a full tang. Full tang. Yeah. And uh, back to your knife. Is this, what was it, how many days ago was it that I told you I had that weird experience? Again, out there in the same, uh, the same area out there in the middle of the night. Wasn't it on a Wednesday I was out there? I don't know. Anyways, I was out in the... We work so much. And, yeah, it's hard to... And, and have so little time to do stuff. And then I've been um, dealing with a, uh, a guy in Oklahoma. I've been talking to him. We've been talking comics and trades. And, and I mean, I've been busy busy with yeah, my yeah. time i'm selling a bunch of stuff getting ready to i'm i'm going through and organizing my stuff and i'm going to be selling a bunch of it and just extra stuff that i have now another thing i was going to say is what's that thing that you have that you push the handle and you can pick up audio better oh my parabolic dish parabolic dish yeah it's a parabolic microphone yeah because we've been working so many hours I don't think anybody's really had time to enjoy life or really enjoy anything going on. So my thing was, is I found a little area out in the woods, and I'm thinking about getting one of those. And just, just use mine. Driving up there at night and just parking and kicking. Because, you know, when I was up there, I was kicking back for a couple hours. Well, not a couple hours, for about 45 minutes to an hour. And I was looking at the stars and the planes flying by. Regardless, you could hear a pin drop. But it was just it was just peaceful. Now, if I was you... I'd probably be sitting in my truck with a night nightlight uh, reading a book because I mean it was just absolutely silent out there. Well, actually, I, I wouldn't have to because um, I read a lot of books. I read now, although I have physical copies of a lot of books. I also have the um, Kindle app on my phone or my iPad, so I can read right off of my pad. So you can read off your pad. We'll get back to that in just a second. Okay. Just remind me of your pad. And then I, I got something else for you. So anyways, I was out there and I got to thinking, you know what? Maybe what I need to do is start going out there and just taking a little bit more audio with a, what did you call that thing again? Podbolic? A parabolic microphone. Parabolic. Because just because, like I said, I could hear a pin drop out there doesn't mean that there was stuff going on. Because we both know that I've lost a little hearing. So there might be something going on up there. You've lost um, more than a little hearing, my friend. <laughs> so, but when I was walking through the woods... I started to dig in the ground because Seb's pushed his nose on the ground. And I thought, oh, I'm going to finally find my first truffle. And I started digging a little bit and heard this sound. And I'm probably not doing a good job of what I heard. But the best way to explain it, it sounded like two wolfers, like 12-inch wolfers, not making no music, just making that woof sound. And that's the reason why I originally went back and got in my truck. Now, when that happened, then a short time later I drove up even higher on the mountain, I tried to listen to see if I could hear any weird critters, and it never happened. Now, anyways, your your pad. My iPad, right. Now. I have the iPad Air Pro 2. Now, when it comes to reading, what would you say about Shakespeare right now? What would I say? I mean, I enjoy Shakespeare, but it depends. I've, I've read, so far I've read the complete works of Shakespeare, so... <laughs> It Shakespeare's a mood thing for me, so if I want to, 
if I want to feel like I'm in a good mood, one of the books I read to get me in a good mood of Shakespeare's is A Midsummer Night's Dream. This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! <sighs> and this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. I've always enjoyed Puck. So, now wait, your midnight summer's dream. So, you could be up there on a mountain, clear sky, read midnight summer dream, just taking some audio. And all of a sudden, you might hear some, you might not even hear nothing. But would it still be enjoyable just sitting up there, just reading a little book of Shakespeare, just kicking back in the middle of the woods and nobody's out there? Yes. Yes. That's my point exactly. So here's, so here's, <laughs> that's not a point so here's where I'm going with this. Here's you're where I'm going a, with this. You're I'm going such with a it. dumbass. I'm going with it right now. Okay. Bacon. Do you like bacon? Yes. Yeah, think about it for a second. I don't have to. Who doesn't? I don't have to even take that long. doesn't eat? Everybody I loves I finished it. with so, yes. Okay. As, as soon as you yeah. said, do you like bacon, instantly yeah. I'm shaking my head and salivating like a Pavlovian so, dog. Okay, so I was walking through the boiler room, right? And I'm just walking around dancing around the boiler room. I just kept on going. Dancing? <laughs> no, dancing. Just doing my own thing, right? And all of a sudden I started going, oink, 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 oink. And, I, and you know what brought me? To just walk around, just going oink, oink. For one, it's very disturbing. You have a hidden bottle of booze somewhere? No, it's very disturbing. And we got that, what's that little great thing right there? A little duck right there? So people could probably it's hear It's called a duct. Outside of the boiler, boiler room if I'm in there oinking, right? So people are walking by and they could probably hear me. Maybe not. I don't know. But I'm in there oinking. And I'm thinking about bacon because I love bacon. And then I want to eat some bacon. I would absolutely eat a lot of bacon with some, like, scrambled eggs or easy side up, whatever. So this whole bacon thing's going on. I'm in there oinking, and I'm thinking, everybody's probably thinking I'm losing my mind, and I'm losing my mind because I'm thinking about Shakespeare. You know what I like bacon with? Hmm. More bacon. Hell yeah, more <laughs> bacon. But the reason why I was oinking and I was thinking of bacon, <laughs> because I'm thinking, did bacon really write the scripts of Shakespeare, and he's hiding behind the scene because it does make sense. Because most of your writers, like that writer got his hand cut off. And everybody's like, how did Shakespeare go through the hands of time and nothing ever happened to him? And he writes about stuff coming from a relatively rich family, which he did not. He had illiterate family. So how does this greatest writer of all time... you watched a show on Shakespeare and you're going to act like you know something about him. Is that what... Exactly. Yes. But... (laughs) I see through your disguise. It does make sense, does it not? Okay, so you've never actually read Shakespeare. No, but I am going on (laughs) to history because now I'm intrigued about Shakespeare because I'm thinking, is Shakespeare... is is 
Because you look at the Freemasons, you look at oh the, my God, the Knights God. Templars, you look at all that, it makes sense. Shakespeare would have got killed you're, if he was not related to, we're talking about the Queen. You're, if, you're, you're talking about the theory that Francis Scott Bacon was the mysterious author of Shakespeare. Does it not make sense? Except we know who William Shakespeare was. We know what he wrote. It's well documented, the life history of Shakespeare, and that he was present at Stratford-on-Avon. Yeah, but not necessarily because there's a big gap. There's a huge gap where nobody really knew who this man was, and all of a sudden he disappeared off the face of the earth. Well, you're, you're basing it because there was a theory that was postulated back in the 80s about whether Shakespeare wrote yes. Tristan and Isolates, right? And it's supposed whatever. <laughs> okay. No, no, you got to think about it, man. It does make sense. It doesn't matter. If I started writing books and everybody, like, Titus ain't got money. Titus, how does Titus know about all this stuff? And then in hindsight, in a different world, I'd be killed. But all of a sudden, now Titus is getting away with it. Then Titus okay, is going to be First of all, first off, and first of all, the stories that Shakespeare wrote about. Like the Prince of Denmark, right? Mm-hmm. Hamlet. And of Italy, we're talking about Romeo and Juliet. Montague and Capulet. Montague and Capulet. So a lot of those things, it's purely supposition. There, there's a, a lot of it has no artifacts of truth to it. It's all yeah, hyperbole. That, that's hyperbole because that's just a love novel. Right. But you look at, you have Hamlet, which Hamlet suffered um, from, well, it wouldn't be an Oedipus complex. It'd be more like an Electra complex, right? Okay, wait a minute. Think about your Oedipus real quick. Oedipus. Oedipus. Now think about you. Even you have wrote stuff that nobody knows who you are. Written stuff. Wrote. No, written. Written, yeah, that's what it said. Well, first off, I but but you think I'll about just leave it in. But you think about it. You cannot hit fifteen seconds you, back when you're listening you, to this podcast. You'll see you you cannot say that it's not possible because you've ghost wrote written. You've you've been somebody that you did not want them to know who you were, or maybe you did. Yes, I I have written yeah. under various pen names. And think about the the name Shakespeare. It just sounds cool. Okay. Shakespeare sounds cool. So if I was going to write something, and if I was going to be the greatest writer of all time, why not Shakespeare? Okay, first off, we know the lineage of William Shakespeare. Lineage? Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's not like he's a mysterious... It's not like Jesus. We actually know the lineage and ancestry of William Shakespeare. Okay, now William Shakespeare, where was the last thing he wrote? Where is it at right now? Nobody knows. It might... Perhaps it was his own epitaph. Well, they when he wrote his will, why didn't he will any of his bite of his books or his literature to any one of his family? He, he willed like what his house to his daughter. He willed uh, something else. He he willed something to everybody, but none of his novels or books or anything was willed to anybody. Where did they go? Well, I have lots and lots of material that I've written. Where's it going to go when I die? Nobody knows, but if you wrote a novel that was worth millions of dollars, you'd probably say, well, I want uh, some my daughter or somebody or my wife to have the rights to this. 
So why did that all get arrested? Maybe. Maybe. That's what I'm saying. Maybe. I'm I'm not looking for an answer. I'm looking for an answer. I'm just like trying to figure out when we talk about this, we can't rule anything out because there is a big maybe behind this. More than we know. And I'm just curious because I'm trying to figure it out because I was sitting there. What? Why are you trying to figure out about Shakespeare? That does make sense. No, it doesn't. What doesn't make sense is the fact that you've never read Shakespeare. And I'm walking around in a boiler room oinking because of him. You're totally unfamiliar. Because you heard the name Scott Bacon. That, That is how your mind works. You hear bacon and you don't think of the person bacon you think of a pig so then you go oink oink it's it's amazing that one can manipulate you in such a way that if you and i were having a discussion about football and we were talking about your precious seattle seahawks and my steelers which recently won by the way over your precious seahawks if I wanted to distract you and quit talking about football, I would all I would have to say to you is go, isn't that crazy how they call football the pigskin? And then your mind would go to bacon. I can manipulate you that easy. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, but here's another thing, though. Yeah, it is true. Because I love bacon and football. Yeah, pigskin. But... Shakespeare wouldn't even take his time. He wouldn't even take no time to write about that game. But here's another good example. Uh, You are sitting and having a philosophical debate with someone about Donald Trump. I could walk up and I could change the path of your mind. You want to know how easy it is? I would go, you know, he slept with Stormy Daniels and she said his penis was shaped like a mushroom and boom. Your mind is on chanterelles. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I would think chanterelles. And then you just start talking about chanterelles, and I'd walk away just doing one of your famous hand rubs. Mission accomplished. <laughs> and, and they would be like, why did he start talking about chanterelles? And I'm like, 12 years of being around Titus, I've learned how to push his buttons and change his mind flow. And, and I, I figured it, what's funny is we've been around each other yeah. for 12 years or so, but it was about six months or so ago that I would be like, why does he have these random thoughts and conversations that jumped in? And then I would go, two, three minutes ago, we were talking about something else, and I would figure out the commonality, what it was that distracted you, and I'd go, oh, that's what it was. Because... You're a complex guy, but you're very simple. <laughs> yeah. and no, I agree with that. But no, I think the reason why I am simple because I think I'm simple-minded on a lot of things <laughs> because what? I don't I don't overshoot things and I don't undershoot it. What was the show you watched about Shakespeare? Um, it's about that island, the uh, Oak Island. Oak Island, yeah. So you watched season seven, one of the episodes where they talked about the Francis Bacon. Uh, possibly was involved with the Templar Knights and and the hidden texts of Shakespeare could have been left on the island. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes total sense. And it makes me want to have some bacon. Okay. So no, I, no, it's I, I, interesting I, to see how your mind and works. And I would like to go to that island and just sit around and talk with the guys and have a little bit of bacon and go look for some treasure. I think it'd be great. It'd be fun. You know what I think would be fun? One of the best experiences I had in my life even if I didn't even find it. You know what I think would be fun? Having a handful of eucalyptus leaves and feeding a koala bear. I can see that. 
Now, how do I come up with a random thought like that? Because you're learning from me. <laughs> you're learning my knowledge. Dude, when it comes to random, you actually have a pattern, and I do not have a pattern. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to do a little thing, uh, a quiz for you. And no, you actually do have oh, a pattern. You, let, you let don't me, think you do, let me, you actually do have a pattern. Let me get back to what I purchased this week. I bought another shopsmith. So now I have two shopsmiths. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. And I bought a complete wood turning kit. So now um, my wood turning kit that I had before, my chisel blades for turning wood, they were old and degraded. I have a brand new, beautiful wood turning kit that I'm ready to. My granddaughter has already requested that I make a baseball bat for her that's painted black that has Friday the 13th, Jason Voorhees written in red on it. So I'll be doing that because that's the kind of grandpa I am. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah, that's what, you know, be a small bat and it'll say Friday the 13th and I'll put her name down on the end of the bat. Now, which granddaughter? Myla. <laughs> yeah, Myla. Well, there you go. Oh, yeah, Myla's a troublesome one. Yeah. I love that girl. <laughs> Wasn't she the one we talked about it on one podcast where she's like, my grandpa used to talk about? No, that was Aubrey. Oh, was it her, Aubrey? Yeah, that was Aubrey, her sister. Now, how old is Aubrey now? She's got to be like... 14? Yeah, and when I met you, she, she was... She just they, went to her both, first. and it seems like she just got way tall. Yeah, she she's almost six foot tall now. Jeez, tall girl. She's gonna, Yeah, she is going to be a tall girl. And she just went to her first school prom or something like that, or... Harvest Day Dancer, I don't know. Because I remember there was one time we had her on one of our podcasts. Years ago. Yeah, because she wanted to be on one of our podcasts. So, yeah. Yeah. You went all the way to me having books on my iPad to bring up Shakespeare? Because I'm that kind of a genius. Well, let's take a look. What are the books I currently have on my iPad? Because I don't have a lot. I'll do audio books a lot, but um, I like hard copy books. But you have Shakespeare on your iPad. I have... Peter Pan by J.M. Barrie, The Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky. I have 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea by Jules Verne. I have The Complete Works of H.P. Lovecraft. I have Winnie the Pooh. You have Winnie the Pooh? Yeah. By who? Um, Milne, A.A. Milne. Uh, he, was, he lived from 1882 to 1956. And Winnie the Pooh came out in 1926, I believe. Why, does that surprise you? Yeah, because I, I just don't see you being the type of guy just sitting around reading Winnie the Pooh. But then again, you read everything. I don't. I do. I have Civil Disobedience by Henry David Thoreau on the duty of Civil De- Disobedience by Henry David Thoreau. And I have Musumashi Miyoto's The Book of the Five Rings. And A Study of Poetry by Bliss Poetry. And Rudyard Kipling's The Jungle Books. Now, that's just in my book app on my iPad. I also have the complete works of Shakespeare. <laughs> but here's the good thing, is because we've had this little discussion about Shakespeare, there are probably a lot more people. <laughs> I'm, that, I'm, but, that, I, but I'm just like an open book to you. Because you say Shakespeare and you know that, like, if anyone that knows me knows I love H.P. Lovecraft, but I also love Shakespeare. <laughs> 
but but here's the thing: people listen to this podcast. You know what they might do? They might do a little bit of more studying on Shakespeare. They might even look up Bacon and start studying that guy. So they will be much more smarter after listening to this particular podcast than what they've been in the past. So in my Shakespeare app, I have read Anthony and Cleopatra, Coriolanus, Hamlet, Henry V, Henry IV, Part One, Part Two. Uh, let's see, Julius Caesar, Macbeth, of course, King Lear, of course, Othello, of course, The Tempest, Timons of Athens, uh, Troyus and Cressidia, Two Gentlemen of Verona, and Romeo and Juliet. And then I've read the complete sonnets. So it, it shows me on here what I have to read yet and what I haven't. But that's on this. I mean, I've read the complete works of Shakespeare in paper. <laughs> it's it's just amazing that you would bring that up. No, I'm a pretty amazing guy. You really are. I pretty much am. Because I know, I know a little bit about the Montagues and the Capulets. But, Montague. But you don't know if that's really the way it's said. I do know that's, no, that's because those that's families. The you, that's the way you're reading it. Back in that day, you don't know if he's like no Montague, no Capulet. You don't know. Gew. Gew. So it's more like <laughs> Gew. No, it's Gew. <laughs> Gew. So exactly get, that. You guys said it. Montague and Capulet. Shablam. All right. Well. You know what? I think that pretty much wraps it up. We would recommend everyone read Shakespeare. Oh, absolutely. They should all read it, all of it. We're not going to do a Titus Reads today. We'll bypass that today because... Because I'm reading some Shakespeare now. Well, no, you're just watching a TV show called Oak Island. <laughs> so that doesn't count as reading Shakespeare. Uh, by but I've read Shakespeare because I've read Montague's and Cap. I've read Romeo and Juliet. You're, you're watching Rick and Marty dig but, up but, an island. But here's the thing. With Gary, with Gary, who says, "That's a Bobby Dazzler." <laughs> but no, but think about this for a minute. That's a front pocket find. How many people would ever meet me and even know that I ever even read Romeo and Juliet? Once you'd seen my character, you'd probably never even. You probably think there's no way this man I, has ever read that. No, that's not true because I think everyone. Okay, first off, my wife accuses me of. This is my weakness. My wife accuses me of assuming that everyone has read that, and that's my problem. Because when I say, oh, you know, Jules Verne's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and my wife goes, everyone hasn't read that. When it comes to Swiss Family Robinson, right, I think if, if I draw a reference and I bring up Fritz or Ernst or Jack or... Oh, that word, Ernst. Well, that, that was the second son. Um the family Robinson was the mother and the father, and then the boys were in age and order: Fritz, Ernst, Jack, and then Franz. So, in my in my mind, I'm under the assumption that everyone has read Swiss Family Robinson because it's a classic. My wife's like, "No, everyone hasn't read that." So when I quote stuff from Swiss Family Robinson, she's always going, "Why would you do that? Uh, what books did I read this week?" I read, uh, oh, I just got done reading Crime and Punishment. Uh, it's, that is a classic. But then again, I'm under the, I'm, I do realize that most people have not read Crime and Punishment. People always think that they know what it's about, but it's not. 
Yeah, yeah. I, have no, I, have, I have no idea what's And it's like that. the Brothers Karamazov, right? I read the Brothers Karamazov, and it's not until you start reading a lot of Russian novels that you realize that it's all, like, 50% French. But on that note, I will say, uh, have you got anything else to say, Titus? Uh, oh, my gosh. And, oh, my gosh. Thank you, everyone, for listening, sharing, subscribing. Check us out on Instagram. We post stuff all the time now. We have a real internet presence. And, of course, you can snail mail us to P.O. Box 572, Longview, Washington, 98632. And all this and more can be found at rookandtitus.com. R-O-O-K, the letter N, T-I-D-A-S, dot com. And other than that, man, we just want you to take care of each other, be good, and we're out of here. <laughs> this is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag wimpy 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 and this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty ultra strong trash bag with new fabuloso lemon scent hefty 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 <sighs> smell the difference when life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon.